socially. Oh, we recording? Yeah, we are. Okay, you. I wonder if you can hit it to this. You probably could. Socially unacceptable. <laughs> socially unacceptable. Hey, socially unacceptable. Socially. <laughs> type of niggas in this world that niggas were guns and niggas were butter. Now what are the guns? The guns, that's the real estate. The stocks and bonds. Artwork. You know, shit that appreciates with value. What's the butter? Cars, clothes, jewelry, all that other bullshit that don't mean shit after you buy it. That's what it's all about. Guns and butter, baby. Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, that there, Google Play Podcasts, mm-hmm. two different apps, Ooh. Anchor.fm, did I already say that? I feel like that's the first thing you say, but alright, say it oh, again. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the ones in the back. Yeah. Um, we're also on Overcast, Pocket Cast, and all them other casts for that ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was one more, wasn't it? Oh, uh, Narrative News. There it goes. How narrative we about Narrative News? news? Shout out to Narrative News. Oh, they always last. Even though we still ain't never checked, I don't know what that is. I've never even downloaded that app. I don't know what it looks like. But yeah, um... Actually, I don't like it. I'm going to redo it. No, bro, no, bro, that works, man. All right, all right, go ahead. Not, what you all right, let's go. It works, it works. It That's works. a flow to that. Uh, it was a fumble, but I it's guess we picked it up. It's all right. But anyways, would you like to introduce yourself Yeah, first? what up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Barry Wyatt Out, a.k.a. Rezzy Miller, mm. a.k.a. Quasi Smoke Drove. My name rings bells, you bastard. A.k.a. Young Axel Foley. I got that nine on me. Really? A.k.a. Teddy Rosemore L's. Elect me for president in 2020. Hey. A.k.a. Creep Daddy Combs. Take that, take that. A.k.a. Pastor Blunt. I'm rolling up while listening to gospel music. Yes, Lord. A.k.a. 2010 <laughs> Goo Belly. Your girl loves to rub while I say burr. A.k.a. Double XL Cool J. A.k.a. Keenan Thompson stunt doubling heavyweights, aka beating your baby mom in 2K while drinking the last V8 and throwing fruit snacks at your baby head. We help you. Get out the way, nigga. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead, man. All right, well. Uh, we'll figure it out. Go ahead. <laughs> As I said before, my name is William, mm-hmm. but they call me Will Spliff, Uh-oh. a.k.a. Roland Swisher, yeah. a.k.a. Young Coinstar, yeah. a.k.a. Still Bringing Foil to the Potluck, <laughs> a.k.a. Let Me Get 75 Cent on Pump 6, just trying to get there, <laughs> a.k.a. The Ordering Around Your Tupperware After You Just Wash It, because I ain't going nowhere, nowhere. a.k.a. This holster's from my cell phone. Only. <laughs> <laughs> AKA, <laughs> AKA Young Voice Crack. AKA Young Pumpernickel. Because I work best when I'm freshly baked uh-huh. or lightly toasted. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's get it. Yeah. We fumbled, but we picked it back hey, up. Hey, man, it's cool. It's going to flow. But today we got a special episode. Special. Very special episode. A couple special guests. So in the studio today, we have two gentlemen who I'd like to credit a large part of my professional career success to. And, um... Put that kind of pressure on. I mean, two, <laughs> two people that I consider mentors, but they didn't even know it. But I tell other people they are. Would you guys like to introduce yourself? All right, so I'm Carl, aka Seaside, hey. aka Sea hey. Murder, hey. aka 
drink all your mama's juice at her house. That's it. AKA drive your mom, baby mama's gas out of her car and ask you for $5. Oh, that's so acceptable. AKA eat all your mama's fruit snacks. Oh, yup. Yup. It's that boy B, AKA Fat and Fabulous, AKA the MILF Magnet, AKA the Snow Bunny Slayer, AKA the EBT Bandit. And that's why I'm socially unacceptable. How we have guest killers on our own? Both of them? No, we this. God damn it. All right. That's what's up, though, man. That's probably the best AKs I've heard live. Uh, I'm, I'm getting tired of people calling in having better AKs. <laughs> like, that's... <sighs> we, gotta, we gotta work harder, man. man. So, yeah, how you guys wanna start? You guys wanna talk? What you guys wanna talk about? How you wanna pop this off? I don't know, should we start serious and just go into something just yeah, not yeah, serious? Yeah, we can do it that way. All right. Get all the responsible shit out the way first. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. All right, go ahead. All right, so, like I said before, we're currently in the Urban Foundation. Right. And um, I believe you are CEO. I am CEO. So what made you want to... Actually, let's start off, let's start easy. What is the Urban Foundation? All right, so the Urban Foundation is a youth-based organization. So our goal is to help youth build their own communities. Okay. All right. So, you know, we're gonna, we're offering programs, mentoring programs. We're going to help these young men be fathers, mm. uh, getting them to go out, get this education, bring it back within their community, and build their own community up. Okay. Versus allowing somebody else to dictate the changes within their own community. For sure, for sure, for sure. So what made you want to, like, create this? Like, so, did you, was there a need that you saw that wasn't being met, or have you like previous experience? Let's let's start with like, yeah, what what is your vision for the Urban Foundation? All right, so my vision for the Urban Foundation is really to um, take that that next step. Um, you know, we, we are the leaders in youth. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to try to change the, the way this generation is going? You know, we losing a lot of a lot of young brothers, a lot of young sisters out there. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people that just talk about stuff, but they don't actually do anything. For sure. Um, I've worked within the system, and like I've seen millions of dollars being spent per year, and maybe only five kids get helped. Mm. You know, we, we put barriers up to say that, uh, you know, kids that are in low income, you know, they need to have all this money and all these resources. Granted, that is true. For sure. But... There are kids that fall right outside, that are outside of that range, that face the same issues every day. They go to the same public schools, they go to the same mm. charter schools, they face bullying, they face, you know, career counselors not helping them get to where they need to get to. Uh, you know, they they face the same limited choices. Okay. You just don't see it because people just assume that, oh, well, this kid is a middle class kid, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. For sure. Right? Even though most of the drug use actually really happens at that middle class level. That household income of 40,000 to 100,000, right? And it's like, so these kids can't, they can't get summer jobs because they're over income. Yeah. They can't get, you know, uh, certain scholarships because they're over income. That, right. That's where that's where I identified it and wanted to be a part of it because I sort of fell within that gap. Like my parents made too much for me to get like enough financial aid, but we also didn't make enough to where like I could afford it. So right. it was like within that gap. So like I, I completely understand where you're coming from from there. Right, and we don't even you know we don't even teach the kids the the financial you know financial stability. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, that's not taught in high school. I have a lot of conversations with my kids when we're in the car. And we talk about serious stuff. I never forget the day my son asked me for a pair of Jordans. I looked at him and I said, I said, why am I going to give you $200 to buy a pair of shoes for a man that will take that $200, mm-hmm. build a prison yep. to put you in mm. over those shoes? That ain't the realest. Yeah. So I told him, I said, I would be better off giving you $200 and why don't you, let's go ahead and buy $200 in stock worth of Nike. Mm. Something completely different. Yeah. Flip freak. Right. 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 And you know, get those dividends back. Make that investment. Mm-hmm. I made deals with my kids. I said, if you guys graduate, going on to college, you get your scholarships paid for. I gave them three choices. 
I was like, I'll give you 5,000 cash. I'll give you $5,000 worth of stock. And in my son's case, a, a brand new Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he already tried to order one already. <laughs> so, but you know what though? The, and I, I just let him have a little bit of free will. And this was me trusting my parenting. Believe it or not, I thought my son was going to pick the Camaro. He actually came back and said, all right, Dad, give me the 5K in stock. Really? My daughter came back the same way. She was like, she's like, yeah, I can get money anytime. She was like, mm. I see what you're doing, and I want a piece of that. I want I want to awesome. be that. I want to, yeah. you get know, that 5,000 and freak it. Right, right. I just yeah. wanted to say that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Follow get, up with that bet. Get it, right. You know, that's really the difference between being poor, middle class, and wealthy is really what you do with the money. Mm-hmm. So poor people tend to spend their money as soon as they get it, right? For sure. So we got flashy things, speakers. I don't understand these thing with the big ass wheels. Like I, I don't understand that. Oh, like the rims are still like the rim's so big you can't even turn the car. Yes. Like, you, <laughs> like you're doing a three-point turn just to yeah. turn left. Because you can't even, you know, right. do it. And then you make yourself a target. Yeah. Oh, yeah, def- yeah. definitely stand out. That's and, the part that nobody talked about enough. Right. Oh, we're gonna dress that today. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So but you know, it's like so. Middle class families tend to leave things for their for their kids. You know, a house, maybe some cars or something, a little bit of cash, or whatever. The wealthy leave their kids more wealth, mm-hmm. and that's why they'll always be wealthy. Right, something you can't get rid of. Can't get rid of that, right? Yeah. Guns and butter. Right there. Title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so, so the rich people, they don't really own anything, man. Like Warren Buffett, yeah, he rich. But in reality, if you ask him to go to the bank and get some cash, he really don't even have a lot of cash. Most of his stuff is like, I own companies, I own railroads, I own stock, I get these dividend payments. That's why people like Mitt Romney can be, you know, they can run for president. Mm. Like, yeah, I pay 4% taxes or I pay 0%. Right, because you don't actually have an income. Right. So you don't pay income taxes, mm. you don't pay Social Security, you don't pay FICA, you don't pay any of that stuff. So you pay taxes on the money that you get from dividends and that's how you live all your stuff is loaned and rented rich people don't own Ferraris on that stuff but you know what though they sell the dream to us at the bottom thinking like yeah you're gonna go ahead and own that, get that yeah, go ahead yeah, and yeah. cop that yeah, yeah go ahead and spend your little money yeah. and get that right but in reality what they saying is is yeah we got it but it ain't really ours and when we're done with it we just get rid of it but guess what our money our connections and our real property is there mm. While you chasing that, I'm building this over here. So do you think with the youth today, just to kind of bring it back around, yeah. that we're taught to, I don't know, I guess we just kind of highlight the material things and not how we got it? We do. That, that is right. So we we use social media and we socially engineer ourselves to, to chase the wrong things. Mm. And that's where I'm coming in at. So I'm going to use that same social engineering to, to help break, the youth break, break the conditioning. Home. Right. Yeah, right. Break and look at the other things, right? Okay. So now I'm teaching my kids. They couldn't even get summer jobs this year. I told my son daughter, I said, man, look, start your own business. Yeah. Don't yeah. work for anybody. I was like, you know, my daughter's crying that she couldn't get the job, and she was upset. She thought she could get in. And with me knowing the programs and help writing the programs here, um, you know, it's like, so I knew all the exceptions. I knew all the loopholes to get her in. Right. Mm-hmm. But they cut the grant money, so the loopholes don't exist. The loopholes are still there. There's just no money for the loopholes, right. right? And that all comes down to the county, the city. You know, they, they pretty much buy votes with that money. And that's the thing, the whole plantation mentality. Like, mm-hmm. like what do we really own? Mm. People don't realize, like, Linden, Linden, the community of Linden has only been sold out from underneath them. So the adults allowed it to get sold out. So what happens with the youth when they grow up? There's no community to build. Right. Mm. Why? Because the adults sold it out. Yeah. Right. So how do you stress the? How do you plan to stress the importance of things like this to, like the youth? Because I mean, I didn't know that they really got sold. So like, how do you bring awareness to things like that to the point where it would register with the youth or somebody, a young adult in that age range? It's a good question, man. So. Bringing awareness, I really want to focus on definitely helping you understand, like, the process of how communities are built, how communities are transformed, mm. right? Okay. So, again, we, we've got city planners and urban planners 
that don't look like us. Yeah. That literally sit in City Hall and say, you know what? This is going to be a nice area. Let's go ahead and depress the values. Get the people to move out. Let's give them vouchers. Let's move them out to the suburbs. They'll feel good for the moment until the money runs out. Uh-huh. And then let's go ahead and take this building that people would consider ghetto, which is a terrible term to begin with. Because yeah. it, I don't know how we as a people adapted that term. Because that's the Jew, that was the Jewish term for right. where they lived at. I don't know how we adapted that. But, yeah, to go down and... The funny thing is, it's like, so OSU doesn't really have a a big... Or they don't really advertise their urban development programs, right? Mm-hmm. Or their um, urban planning programs, right? Mm-hmm. So, most kids, when they think OSU, football, basketball, mm-hmm. maybe some medical, if, if they've been coached right, right? Mm-hmm. But when kids think college, they think some kind of sport. Right. Or really think about the other things, right? For sure. They get sold short and they end up with a lot of debt, right? So University of Cincinnati has a really great program and it's cheaper than OSU's. Really? Mm-hmm. I looked into it myself. Cheaper than OSU's, right? And it's right down the road. You still get the in-state tuition. Oh, nice. Okay. How many kids sign up for that? None. None, none of us anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? So, we'll have career counselors that will guide a student to be like, oh, yeah, you should go be a LPN or STNA. So, you're going to tell, and, and not to knock the people that do the work, right? So, because I've worked in adult services, too. So, I've helped both youth and adults with employment, mm-hmm. right? So, I don't knock the work because somebody's got to do it. For sure. But, as a career counselor, I shouldn't be telling a kid that's 17, 18 years old, that really can pick any career path, especially if there's they're a 4.0 student, mm. or even if they're a 2.0 student, right? So maybe the subjects that they're being taught, they're just not interested in. Mm. Again, how do you tell an African-American youth or a minority youth, we're going to spend a whole semester, and I'm going to teach you European Western history, right? None of it has any relevance to us, and that's why most of us tend to score low or fail that course. And that's a lot of times the reason why we can't graduate on time. Mm. We can't pass that or the whole American history thing because it's given to us from a European perspective. Right. It's not the whole truth. Yeah. It's not the whole yeah, truth, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Most books, the, the African sections maybe a quarter of a chapter, and then they move on. So they talk about and the, the basics like Martin yeah. Luther yeah. King, Malcolm X, and then Rosa Parks, and that's yeah, that's it. You that's know, it. And they move like, on. Right. Yeah. And then that is it, and it's a shame. So that's where our foundation is going to come in. We're going to make those changes. Get kids involved in politics. Uh, I currently serve as a commissioner. I'm actually pushing the city attorney to allow us to have, um, open up a seat for somebody between 17 and 19. Oh, nice. Okay. So I'm actually, the, I'm a hair close to 40. I'm the youngest one on the commission and all the commissions. We all get together. I'm the youngest in the room. How they stay connected with is, youth? They don't. And right. They, so and that's how don't. properties get sold. Yeah. Absolutely. That's how stuff gets done and nobody knows anything about it. Right. You've got to get involved with it. They don't understand how the law works, right? Mm-hmm. They don't understand how politics works. How these people, everything from the local stuff started, really starts at city council. They're the ones that pass these ordinances for you to loud music, big wheels, all that stuff, flashy stuff, loud cars, all this stuff. They're the ones passing the ordinance that they now send their patrol officers out to enforce. Mm. <clears throat> we have those conflicts. Mm-hmm. Usually, 50% of the time, we end up on the losing end of it. And it's because we are not prepared to know the laws, or we're not in there saying, hey, you know, we shouldn't be passing this law. Like This, this really affects a lot of people. Right. And you don't tell anybody. When's the last time you heard about city council passing a law? They pass them every Monday. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think. I've never heard right. anything from city council. Right. They make deals with, oh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and do land swaps. Good example is Afrocentric. So you notice they moved it, right? Mm-hmm. I did hear about right. that. Yeah. So they did a land swap. So where it's at now, on the other side of Bexley, was actually, um, I'm trying to think of the apartments. Uh, is it Greenbrier? Greenbrier Apartments, right? Which got a bad rep 
because they used to call it like Uzi Alley or something. Mm-hmm. Did right. they shut those down a couple years ago? Or yeah, they leveled it. Yeah, those, yeah, those, yeah, those, those have been shut down yeah. for a while. Okay. Yeah, they've been shut down for a while, right? Okay. <laughs> so what they did was they told Nationwide, okay, you go ahead and buy that land from the landowner. We'll give you where Afrocentric is so you can turn it into a parking lot. And then we'll build Af- the new Afrocentric school out there, right? Because basically the old Afrocentric is about to become a parking lot. So what happens to the kids that attending that school? Do they all transfer? Is it they all get bussed out to Bexley now, right? But most of those kids live over that area, mm. so now they're catching a the bus longer where they can just walk to school, right? That was the the whole neighborhood school, right? It's gone, so now I got to get bussed over to the other side because the kids that live in German Village don't go to that school, yeah, right? Yeah. So they go someplace else. You got Columbus downtown alternative, but believe it or not. That school isn't actually open to everybody. There is a wait list, and you have to meet certain conditions in order to get in there. I met with the school board, and I said, why do you have these restrictions on this, right? So we got some people, not everybody's college material. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's get that, you know, out right. there. For sure, that's And that's sure. fine. Some people are just kinetic, hands-on learners, right? They, they like to do stuff, right? We got kids running around here not doing anything all summer, you know, they get ridiculed for really being smart, which is another thing we need to change in our community. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So they may want to go be a mechanic or a plumber or a cook or something like that, right? But those slots are very few and open. That one kid that's hanging out over on Miller and Kelton, not doing anything all day, but doing hand-to-hands all day, mm-hmm. right? Out in front of the corner store. Out in front of the corner store, right? He may actually want to be a cook. I know this will sound funny, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe his wrist game is good. Mostly right? <laughs> <laughs> entendre, right? right? You know, Straight he drop. He needs to get into a kitchen, right? Uh huh. But the thing that would prevent him from getting in the kitchen, he might be a 2.0 student, and a 3.0 student will get that slot versus him. And the 3.0 student may not even want it. They just may not. They may just want to do something other than go to the school right, that they're at, right? right? Yeah. So not necessarily be fully invested in it. Like, that may not be their end goal, right? Mm-hmm. Where that kid, that may be their end goal, getting that certification, opening up a restaurant, and, you know, making something of himself. But we literally close the door on him, right? So all he sees is the door's closed. All I can do is hand-to-hands. And now I'm seeing, now I'm seeing Europeans running through my neighborhood with their little dogs and they done bought six buildings where I used to hang out at and they put up the no loitering sign so now when I hang out in front of there I got CPD rolling up like why are you hanging out here because yep. you don't belong yeah. mm-hmm. but I lived here all my life what right. do you mean I don't belong no nah, you don't belong anymore and then eventually it gets to the point where yeah we'll graduate them and then that's it right. so then he ends up you know getting choked out or you know coming out of a store you know getting shot in the back or you know getting killed over a busted tail light you know we, we all know the stories you know, walking home with some skittles and some iced tea one day and you got some overzealous person community person like you don't belong here because that's pretty much the premise of it all because people calling the cops left and right now more than not man right I hate to say it like that, but... And the only reason why it ends up like that is because they beat us to the phone first. Mm-hmm. And it's the first one to the phone. Another first one, one to the phone. Right? <laughs> Man, that's For wild reason. to even, like, think about For it real. like that. Like, yeah. on, on a lighter note, like, okay, so, like, I don't know. Yeah, we all got siblings, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got little Right. Siblings. So, y'all, y'all remember the story, you know, you mess around and do something, and it's like, the first one can get to mama first. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can, can get out of it, and yeah, then we can pound it off on the other. My sure. sisters used to do it to me all the time. For sure. She'd be breaking in the front room. <laughs> and then, like, she's like, she just running there to start crying to my mom, like, I done done something. Yep. My mom come out there, I'm like, I didn't even do nothing. Uh-huh. Like, you broke that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, so, yeah, I don't want to draw on too much, though, because we need to get into some fun stuff. Nah, this fun is, stuff. This is yeah. excellent. This yeah, is dope. Really good, man. Uh, you know, just really getting people to realize, you know, we we celebrate a lot of stuff. We didn't even really celebrate Malcolm X's birthday. Honestly, I didn't even know until we talked that day. Right. I had no idea. It was a day late. I had no idea. For real. 
and the funny thing is, it took me a while to realize that, you know, I've looked at all his work. So my mom's family is from Omaha. Okay. So I didn't realize that when I lived there, that every day we walked to the grocery store to get stuff, I literally was walking past the birthplace of Malcolm X. Right down the street from Grandma's house. You had no like idea. Two about minutes. Didn't even know. Because they never had a sign up. So I was just there last year for a funeral. And they finally, the city finally gave the money to put the marker up. The house is gone now. So the house is gone, but they built a, um, a Malcolm X Center. Where it's hmm. So you can go in and That's cool. it's, it's yeah. works, right? And I'm just like, this is like a five minute walk from my grandma's house. Like, I walk past this every day. So nobody can build anything on the area, which right. is good. So they finally went ahead and passed the laws after years of pressure. So, Since people want to show up late. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Yeah, yeah I'm Jeff. Uh, AKA. AKA. Yeah, you got to Lucid. AKA. The late man. That works. That's accurate. Right. Before we was really interrupted, I'm just playing. You were saying, Yeah, so I always wonder what would have happened if we'd have taken the Malcolm X approach by any means necessary. Taking our stuff, because the Black Panthers had the right idea. Right. Right. Unfortunately, it got sold out for three hundred dollars. Wait, what? <laughs> for three hundred dollars? Yeah, you didn't what? know that? Nah. Wow. Wait, we gonna have to have a. Um, yeah, so when this is all over, we will have to set up a course. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, um, you know, the, when the Black Panthers got started, and they really started, because they really took care of the community. Right. Like the whole, right. the whole premise of the Black Panther, like they try to make it seem like it's a militant group, it's a terrorist group. It's none of that, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the government programs we have today was they because of the Black Panthers, right? Uh, Wick, the, the, what school it, lunch. School lunch, yeah. School breakfast, all that. After school activities, yeah. all that stuff. Because think about it. Before that, what was happening with children? We didn't have any child labor laws. Kids were working in coal mines and all this other crazy stuff. Working on the farm, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, nah, we're going to build our community, community up. Because you're talking about right about the time after the, the Tulsa... Uh, riots and all that stuff was happening, right? So they were like, hey, we're going to get armed and we're going to protect our own community. Which is actually a really good idea. We don't even do that today. Is that even possible today? Because, I mean... You know what? It actually is. Because we legally get guns and still get killed. Well, and here's the thing, though. You don't really need guns. Because when I was growing up, we actually had neighborhoods. So you didn't... You, all the crazy stuff that's going on right now... Mm-hmm. You ain't do all that stuff. Like there was nobody breaking into, you know, anybody's house. There was nobody selling dope on the corner. Like, like everybody knew that Miss Johnson stayed right there at the corner. Mm-hmm. And if she saw you out there doing something you weren't supposed to be doing, you, you better believe by the time you walked home, right. your parents knew exactly what you was doing. We didn't have social media, nothing. We had a good old rotary phone. <laughs> yeah. Click, 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 click. And, and you know, we didn't have voicemails back then. So you know, you called, you was home. <laughs> yeah, and you know that was over, um, and you know we had that, and because we got away from all that, our community pretty much is. Uh, we got rid of WIC, so the government said, "Okay, let's go Wait, ahead and get rid did, of." When did they get rid of WIC? Well, the WIC. In oh, the WIC, the original. Okay, the, the original WIC, right? What it was actually for, right? So, you know, a lot of the Black Panthers they had very advanced degrees. And they said, we're going to build our community. Of course, you know, the FBI found somebody to write us out. You know, that's been going on since slavery. You know, mm-hmm. we always got that one that... Catch a Freeman. That, that mm-hmm. pretty much, yeah, <laughs> Catch a Freeman. Yeah. They just want to turn everybody in because they think they're going to get something good on the end. And unfortunately, this one gentleman, I, I can't remember his name right now. At the end of the day, he did all that and turned them all in. They all got killed. And then they turn around and executed him anyway. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, he turned his people in for 300 bucks. I didn't even know about that. That's I remember wild. they ran up in, whose house was it at night? And they, like, shot him and his girl. Uh, oh, was that Carmichael. Was that? I got it. And they don't even mention the fact that he has a PhD. That's the funny thing. Why would they do that to humanize him? If right. They paint him, if they paint him in a certain light, you let it's less likely for those uninformed to connect with him. Same reason 
with the, the recent issues in our community, anytime that we're a victim, they always show a mugshot. Yeah. Because you're being conditioned. If I dehumanize this person that we did this terrible thing to, you're less likely to be upset about it and be concerned about it because you see their mugshot and you go, okay, they were a criminal. Right. They were a bad right. person. They were a thug. Yeah. Right. As yeah. they like to use. Absolutely. So that's why they didn't say that. So do you think, like, I don't know if it, is it a cultural thing or pretty much just the way our nation is conditioned that we don't have that same love for our community that was prevalent back in the day when you had mama on the corner that would beat your ass if you get out of line. I think the community itself has transformed uh, because if you think about it like this, the times that he was speaking about, it was a lot of two-parent homes. Mm-hmm. That has gone by the wayside. Like Speaking personally, I got involved with the Urban Foundation Inc. because I was a, a product of people giving back to the community. Like, going through school, I saw, to just sum it up, some shit. So I was like, <laughs> all right, well, I got to get out of here. I got to, you know, do what I got to do to make sure I can get my family out of here, whatever the case may be. And because I come from a single-parent home, I qualify for the programs that the kids on the fringes didn't. Mm-hmm. And I saw, once I got to college, how those individuals were like this motherfuckers is wildin'. like let's just call it what it is let's call it what it is like I'm you know freshman in college my first three roommates one was a uh, petty theft uh, <laughs> professional one was a motherfucking career alcoholic and the other was uh Pill Cosby to be, you know, <laughs> to be honest, like yeah. was popping pills, giving them the chick, whatever the case may be. So I'm like, I'm tripping, like, what the fuck wrong with y'all? Like, right, y'all right. come from the two parent houses, and y'all got all this going, and y'all out here wilding. Like, what type of shit is that? But nah, that's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will tell you this to sum it all up. What's really wrong with our people? I was at a. Uh, Young Black Engineers event with my son. And uh, we were sitting there. So even though it's a Black Engineers Club, I mean, everybody was there, right? Because so, mm-hmm. it was open to the whole school, right? The one thing I realized is that we are the only, I, I would probably say, the, the only ethnicity in America that does not have a foundational language that there is our problem. You look at the Somalians, right? So mm. no matter where you go, whether you're in Minneapolis or Columbus or New York, right? They all speak the same language and they all can sit down and, and no matter where they are in the country and have the same conversation, right? Mm. The Latinos, whether you're Puerto Rican, whether you are, you know, from actual Mexico, Guatemala, it doesn't matter, right? They can all sit down and have the same conversation. That's real. Us, unfortunately. Can't do that. They stripped that away. Right. Yeah. When they stripped that away from us, we've never been able to have a conversation. That is the thing that threatens the Europeans. It's the reason all this stuff is being uptick right now, and that's why the Urban Foundation is really needed. Mm. I'm actually going to speak, and I'm not going to play devil's advocate, but I'm going to say the conventional language that binds us all now is music. It is. <laughs> because if you, if you think about it like this, and this is something that I think we don't pay attention to, we set every trend. Everything that's everything. cool, everything that's popping, everything that's hot, it comes from us. Everybody else just adapts it because culturally that's something that's ingrained in us. No matter where you go, they want to be like us. But we can't see that to understand that, okay, we have this power, so how can we then turn that and use that to uplift ourselves outside of getting girls and popping bottles and making it rain and all this and all that? Uh-huh. You, you made it rain and whoop-de-whoop. What could you have done with that in your community where you grew up? Well, I'm going to let you know right now. Mm-hmm. I cause insurance claims because I don't make it rain. I make it hail. I throw coins. Aka, your coin star. 
I'm sorry, man. Just have it's cool. I, I don't make it rain at all. I sit down and tell a young lady she needs to diversify her But no, added on to that, you're, you're right, though. And every time we try to make a statement, you can tell we're on the right path because it becomes an uproar. Absolutely. Yeah. Good, good example. Chavez Gambino. Because mm. oh. the song so itself was. As soon as he said it, and I mean, he's speaking mm-hmm. the truth, right? This, right. this mm-hmm. is this is what it is, and he may not have seen that life for 10, 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like I can even relate to that. Like I knew exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, growing up in Detroit, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, they pretty much steal everything that they nail down, gas pumps and all. Like if you if you can leave it there, guarantee you, as soon as you turn your back, it's gone. Cole over Kendrick for you. For me? Yeah. Because um, some people I ask that, and I, I get it's more of like a personal thing that mm-hmm. Cole hits the heart mm-hmm. more than Kendrick does. It's mm-hmm. more of a, you know, you, um, it's relatable more. You know what I mean? I can, and, and that's where I met with it because Cole and I are, what, maybe a year apart in age, so okay. everything that he's talked about on all his projects, I've literally lived through. Right, right, right. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I remember this. I, yeah. Okay. Kendrick paints a picture of something I'm unfamiliar with so I like it but I don't have that same level of connection right so had I grown up in Cali and, and seen some of the same shit he's seen I might have picked him for sure over Cole for sure and, and see and then so like and this is where me and me and B differ uh-huh. so like I'm a Kendrick fan absolutely that's why I go Kendrick and, over Cole you know I grew up in the era of you like, were, you like Tupac too didn't you I did so See, you know, I'm not I grew up a fan of Tupac like that. Well, I, I lived in Long Beach mm-hmm. um, for for a while. Okay. So like I kind of got into it. Like you know I kind of went through that age of where like Bloods and Crips is really there. Mm-hmm. But then on the opposite side of it, we had that um, that uh, Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. That like you know. Okay. okay. So it's like so for me Kendrick like because he he brings that back to me. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah, I remember like Public Enemy was letting us know like what was going down. You know, uh, Grand Poobah was letting us know what's going down. It's political. And yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. And, um, you know, takes it back to the day of Al Sharpton getting on TV and talking about all rap is bad and do all the cassette tapes in the middle of New York and then roll on. Yeah, I've never seen that. Stuff. I just remember seeing Eminem get his uh, stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. In like the early 90s, oh, they, there was a witch hunt out for hip hop. You got it. But it was it was done with a political spin to it because the people that were doing that were also upset because they couldn't buy their way into the record industry to capitalize on what they was putting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what's the what's the the lady's name? C. Dolores Tucker or yep. something like that. Yeah, it was the main person, she and she gets mentioned all, all the time. time. Yep, and there's a reason why she gets mentioned. Yeah. All the time. Do some research on her. Yeah. yeah. It sounds familiar. Let me tell you something. And it wasn't even like, so NWA came out with, you know, really brung mm-hmm. that, that hardcore gangster rap in there. But you still had the likes of, like, like I still listen to X Clan today. I don't even know who that is. I've never heard of them. Who is man. Oh, X-Clan, bro. Yeah. Exactly. X Clan, you got to get on that, man. For they real. really they bring okay. out. Okay. Um, like, they just strictly, like, pro black, positive music. No cussing in it, just like it brings you right, like, hey, bro, you need to look at your life. Like, yeah, it come up on my playlist every once in a while. You can ride down the, down the street. See, I, got, I got old school cube for that. <laughs> See, when his eyebrows curled down and everybody was afraid of him. <laughs> 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 to me, he'll always be one of the greatest rappers alive. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. Absolutely. Uh, he's but, cool. <laughs> I, um,. I went back and listened to some of his older stuff. Mm-hmm. I get why he was so popular because mm-hmm. he was the first one with the lifestyle raps. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where riding around, where you could literally look outside and see what he was rapping about, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But because it's so old to me, I don't mm-hmm. feel like the the rhymes are there. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the lyrical ability is so the bar is so low at that point. It's kind of like. Wow. Yeah, you just say you yeah. know what I mean. What he's oh, ride the board of my mother shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, it's it's cool. That's hard. You know, all, all that came from really like from George Clinton. Right, right, right. Yeah, so right. you got to remember, like Jeff sure. Rowe, Easy, all them was just really sampling off right, George Clinton's P yeah. funk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like For I hit, sure. I hit my son that the other day. He was sitting in the car. And he popped on the Chronic, and I was like, "Hang on, turn it off." 
I was like, let's go to this. And I was like, you listen to this and you tell me what that sound like. Right. And he's just like, he in the car doing this. Because normally they'd be like, dad, you listen to that old music. Mm-hmm. But he in the car like, I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, That's, I thought my so. My dad came from Dayton, so I was like, oh, was, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, Ohio players yeah. and all that. He definitely played yeah. that in the house. So I get it, you know what I mean? It's just... Q was cool, though. I can't say he was bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. It was just, I feel like the bar for lyrical ability wasn't as high as it is now, so... Depending on how far back you go with Q. Yeah. Yeah. It honestly depends. He did make a change. Mm -hmm. So if you go back pre... pre Lynch Mob... Okay. Q was actually pretty aggressive. I would probably say he would be... He started the West Coast version of the East Coast... Rap battle beef. Okay. Cause yeah. I don't lie. As soon as he broke up from uh, NWA, NWA, mm-hmm. like that, his whole first couple albums was nothing but just roast tracks. Yeah. I mean, he Bro, put everybody yeah. out there. No Vaseline yeah. is still. Now, yeah. I mean, that's oh. probably one of the greatest dishes ever. <laughs> Legendary. Hands down. Yeah. Like, Legendary. No competition. Right, and that whole album, like. You had no Vaseline. You had uh, Jack of the Beat. That's my shit right there. Yeah, Jack yeah. of the Beat. He come what in. Is this America's Most Wanted? What album is this? I can't remember the name um, of it. I just know he come in and he'd be like, give me that beat. And I was yeah. like, ooh, for real. He actually made specific tracks for specific people at NWA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that's Word. the thing. So, like, I think Jack of the Beats was going after Yella. Probably. Pro- probably. Because uh, Yella was the DJ. Yeah. So, that was... Yeah. That was his thing. Like, yeah, like, straight out of Compton. Oh, no, 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 I wasn't listening no. to rapper no. like that then. I had no idea. Yeah. I'm about to go do some research on that. I got, uh, I got christened oh. into it early. I had two older uncles that okay. I, I used to ride out with, so I yeah. heard all the aggressive shit. As a, as a young child, when I probably shouldn't have. Man. But it, it, it warped my opinion on music, though, because like some of the stuff that I hear now, I'm like, shit. Fresh, throw it away. See, I, I wasn't allowed listening to like any type of parental advisory. It was strictly gospel, jazz, funk. That was it. I didn't know about what song that I heard. Fuck the mother niggas for the first time when I was like 12. And I, by the end of it, I'm laying down in the back of my ears covered, like panicking. Like, yo, this is too much. I'm you listening to I'm that doing? on the bus, like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Man, right around my older cousin, man, like, yo, I know I shouldn't be listening to this, man. This is horrible. And at 12, I just had that, so I didn't even get to, like, in the rap all like that. So I probably turned 15, mm. 14, and that was Get Richard I Trying was the first one I got. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I'm just really old in the conversation. Yeah, you Because yeah. first time my virgin ears heard something I wasn't supposed to hear, it was... Uh, so my, my best friend, his older brother, because he was old enough to buy it. Mm-hmm. Went to the went to the flea market. Brought home that two lot crew. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. whoa! Let's use up the like like their parents really didn't like. His dad was always gone. Like mm-hmm. like I mean it was a, a normal household. You know, mom, dad, there, brothers, sisters. You know, everybody was there. So it was a tight family unit. Mm-hmm. And then just like we had the the ghetto blaster with the twelve inch in it and the, all the lights and stuff. Bad boy took like 30D batteries to Absolutely. run. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was like, he was like, why don't y'all come over here and listen to this? Man, he popped that tape in. My was pop that pussy in. <laughs> dick is in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just sitting there like, as a kid, oh there's no God. way you're ready for that, man. No. That's, no. no. Yeah. And then he would be like, like, I'll never forget one day he snuck us into, because um, Luke had this whole connection thing where he would come from Miami. And he was always in Detroit. Like, this is like every other week he was there throwing a concert. Mm-hmm. But Detroit showed him a lot of love, bro. Right. So he could always, That's always win it back. That's how with Columbus in yeah. the early 2000s. See, I, remember, I remember that. He was here all the time. Yeah. All the time. I remember that. Man, I went in to see that. And that's the first time I seen uh, three black dudes and an Asian dude with a big dookie gold ring. Oh, and then yeah. they... Like, I'm like, it's 100 degrees out here. These dudes wearing these um, bubble goose. Um, yeah, Miami, triple, triple fat gooses out there. <laughs> and then it's like, no more than like, so as soon as they go, pop that, we said, 
It was like just all these shits came out. Just naked, everything. And I'm like, well, that's why they don't let kids in here. They don't even do that anymore like that. I've never went to a concert in or anything like that happened. Nah, well, that YG, YG, that YG, YG concert. strippers. Uh-huh. But that's not the same as what y'all described. Uh-huh. Nowhere near. And that's why they got in so much legal trouble right, for I'm, doing that. And granted, they beat the case. <laughs> but, a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah, because I think they, every tonight, every other week, they was in the news. It for, was when um, they was touring the Midwest. You know, the Midwest is Bible heavy. So you're not going mm-hmm. to be able sure. to get out there with them, them Bible thumpers in public. Right. And right. Pop about, and pop that, that pussy. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. You, you got to, you know. So when you go look up the clip of Al Sharpton, Sharpton he specifically mentions NWA, Luke, Uncle Luke. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real, by name, like, like. Well, as he should, Uncle Luke. Yeah, Uncle Luke, uh, yeah, he was, he was he out there. there, man. The funny thing is, like, even after all that, I still kept buying his albums as I got older. <laughs> And we're still listening to it. That's like the definition of all press is good press. For real. So do you think that part of the problem, and I guess this kind of speaks to like, a lot of the music glorifies leaving the community, trying to go somewhere else better. Do you think that that's part of the problem as to why we suffer some of the things that we do today? Because a lot of people just are so focused on leaving their community for something better instead of coming back to make it better. Because that's something that's never really rapped about. I think that speaks to the conditioning because anything that you hear from the time you're old enough to comprehend is it's ghetto, we need to get out of here, mm-hmm. you need to get you need to leave it leave it alone. Not until recently did you hear anything about let's buy it and reinvest. Mm-hmm. And this is how we're gonna do it to to uplift ourselves. Because I mean, just to be blunt, nobody else is gonna do it but us. For sure. So while that music glorifies that and that tells stories because some of these people have seen some horrific shit and they want to distance themselves or get away from it. I think if they were given better information at an earlier age and saw that this isn't something that you need to turn your back on and run away from, but this is something that you want to make better, Mm. Mm. then I think the the music in and of itself would would sway. Mm. This is dope. Right. I'm gonna be honest with you, it's gonna take us about two generations to build it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We can't, yeah. can't even, we can't even get it done. Absolutely. Like that. Um, you know, I encourage everybody to, to read The Art of War. Mm. Sun Tzu? Yeah, that's absolutely. It's, it's a hard read, mm-hmm. the original read. text anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely worth it. I, I, I will tell you that is one required reading when, um, as I was in the military. It's one required reading. Mm. To, to really advance yourself like that's literally on the reading list like you should read that all strategies are based on that everything so the funny thing is is all the strategies for those who are not minorities believe it or not is based off that hmm mm-hmm. since we don't read books yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <don't read> books. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, you have met Jeff. Oh yeah, yeah. He's Mr. White Elm, Mr. White Elm. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's the one who strongly proclaimed in the middle of the aisle at work <laughs> yeah. while we were starting a book club. Yeah. He, like, I believe he yelled out direct quote, "I don't read no books." <laughs> <laughs> so to anybody listening who didn't like, who didn't know what we was talking about, yeah. we look bad as a people. In that <laughs> <laughs> Simultaneously, we all looked at him like, "Bro, what the." <laughs> <laughs> In front of them? Come on, yeah. fam. <laughs> They're like, I knew it. <laughs> These niggas. <laughs> but I will say we are doing better as a people breaking some stereotypes, mm-hmm. which is good. Again, it's going to take us about, if we worked hard at it, it would literally take us about two generations to get where we, where we really need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the other bad thing that's happened to us as a people actually was desegregation. Oh, talk about it. So, and I'm probably gonna get a whole bunch of flack. Oh for no, this, this is <laughs> you can't be real here. Right, right. Yeah, I'm about to get some flack. So yeah, I probably gonna have some people calling like, "What are you talking well, we, about?" We like, love don't, that. Don't ever <laughs> let him back on the show again. <laughs> uh, yeah. So desegregation was probably our our worst enemy. Mm. And again, that was that whole prophecy of like, are we following Malcolm X oh, or we are we follow Martin Luther King? And he was for the desegregation, mm. right? We should have followed Malcolm X. I think we would have been in a better place, right? So segregation actually allowed us to form Black Wall Street, right? We learned how to really depend on ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We and think about it, right. So I'm saying the Urban Foundation is here to build communities, right? Mm-hmm. The model is based off Black Wall Street. 
Explain. Think about it, right? <laughs> so I, I, we're taking youth, right? Mm-hmm. So we're taking them off the wrong path. We're saying we want you to go out and be doctors, engineers, uh, you know, surveyors, urban planners, right? Mm-hmm. And then with the premise of you come back to the community and bring those resources back and you build it, right? Mm. Okay. So now we got a doctor's office that knows how to treat us, right? We got an engineering firm that knows how to fix and repair structures in our neighborhood, right? We're not having to contract that out to some contractor in Philadelphia or rural Pennsylvania or some crazy stuff like that, right? Mm. We got you are coming back as lawyers and coming back and saying, yeah, we're getting into politics, so you're not going to write these draconian rules to try to put us in prison, right? Okay. We got coming back as teachers saying, yeah, we're going to teach our history as part of the learning curriculum and not just European history. So it makes us smarter as a people. Got people going out, learning financial stuff, coming back and saying, yeah, we're going to go ahead and we're going to start our own stock market. We're going to invest in our own businesses. This is how we budget so we don't run afoul of the law and have the IRS here and all these people coming into our communities. Same principle as Black Wall Street. It was successful. Hmm. If you really study it, it was successful. And everybody hated it. Why? Because we didn't have to depend on anybody else. We had everything we need. We got enough talent and enough cohesion to do it. So do you think, say we would have went Malcolm's route, do you think that that model would still work with the way the world is today? Because it feels like today, aside aside from all like the negative media politics or whatever, it seems like our culture, like especially when it comes to like music and things, it's been a lot more inclusive, inclusive as of late. So do you think like that feeling of wanting to be included and um, like how we have a lot of purchasing power, how we set trends, do you think that that model would work today when we have a community, uh, like this sort of culture of wanting everybody wanting to be involved? You know what? This all lives matter culture. So today, that's a great that's question. Absolutely. But guess what? You you see it every day. If you drive through Bexley, you see it. What do you mean? Think about it. Who's in, who lives in Bexley? I'll go over there. <laughs> okay. Well, for those who don't travel, <laughs> I'll travel. So Bexley is pretty much a Jewish community, right? Okay. Yes, yeah, I know that. They only spend their money within their community. Hmm. I did read a quote. I forget what it was, but it was that um, one dollar spent locally is worth three times as much with like a chain or outside of your community. Mm-hmm. That's that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. that's something our community definitely needs to understand is the power of their dollar, mm. where it's spent, where it's invested. Um, and I think something that, that's being lost is we have that two sides of a coin like Malcolm and Martin when really they were headed towards the same intersection but they got taken off before they got to that intersection because I honestly feel like if they could have got on that same page it would have been bad bad business for the colonizers I'm just going to put it out there it would have been bad business because then you know we would have had that same level of compassion and caring that he spoke about earlier where we, we are a loving people in general but at the same time don't come over here with the food yeah we don't don't don't, don't bring it because we are all about the kerfuffle okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we really gotta we, we trade we trade our resources for the shiny things mm-hmm. and that's that's one of our many 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 issues and that's a gap that needs to be addressed because we don't even realize they're shiny until they look dull yeah, guns of butter. Right, it appreciates. Right. So when you go to Africa, right? If you go, and I've been to Africa. When you go, Africa is the most resource rich, rich mm-hmm. continent in the globe. Nobody else can touch it. China can't even touch it, right? Mm. That's why China's there investing now because they're smarter, right? Mm. If we literally had that and stop trading it for shiny things yeah we, we would literally be probably the most powerful people on the earth mm. as a whole like there, there would be no question nothing would move without oil nothing would look shiny without our gold yeah, yeah. nothing would blink without our diamonds for sure right hmm. we got fresh water we got land we got sun Ooh, got everything we need over there. 
And it's literally just us. We recognize the beauty, and that's why Africa is so beautiful. We, we try hard to protect it because it, it's beautiful, right? All the stuff you see going on with uh, was it, uh, the little terrorist group in uh, Nigeria, Boko mm. Haram, or whatever, right? Mm. Yeah. So think about it. It wouldn't even be where they are if we didn't give if the U.S. didn't give them something to play with. Uh-huh. We gave you some shiny things. Mm. Say, go ahead, and make trouble. The U.S. does that a lot, man. Right. <laughs> So, you know, think about it, right? So, the the Iranians who are Persian, they're not very inclusive. Hmm. We've been trying for the last 50 years to bring that country down. Yeah. Cuba. Cuba's another good example. Cuba, Fidel Castro outlived many presidents. Hmm. And they keep their resources, right? And the goal now is to get over to Cuba and pretty much extract everything they can from that little island, man. We like to steal a lot. Yeah. We do. I'm not even going to say we. <laughs> We're going to say okay, yeah, they, yeah, okay, yeah, they yeah. like to steal right, a lot because right. they've, they've essentially turned Africa into a lick for those street people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's that's pretty where much, you go honestly. to, you know. And they're going to sell you this thing of all Africans living in a hut and dirt floors and you just seen the pictures of the, uh, the simple the shit. You can feed a one African child for 35 cents a day. We don't even live like that, man. We got cities internet, technology, all types of stuff popping off over there. Highways, you name it, it's over there. Because my my question is always, if Africa is so poor like that, then why do you colonizers spend so much money to go over there and hang out? Mm-hmm. Um, I get into a lot of internet wars. Y'all both trolls. See, that's the thing. So I, I don't really I troll. Like, I'll go through and I'll read. And then when somebody, this is one comment that always is like my pet peeve, mm-hmm. and it's always like, well, why don't African Americans have some leadership? So my comment is, is, hey, we had some, and unfortunately, y'all killed them all. Yeah, y'all like to, yeah. like, I just want to let you know that, so you know. Right, right. Well, my people didn't do for yeah, they tried to worth fit, it. Yeah. Like, yeah. man, look. Like, it wasn't me. It wasn't like, me. Right, like, can't even talk to him at that point, man. It's like a wall. You know what yeah, I mean? it's like a wall. It's always going to be the not me. Right. Like, I, I didn't do it. Like, uh, that's right up there with the, uh, the well that's just how I feel when you right, pull them off right. and they can't give you anything else yep, to right. mm-hmm. yep. back their point it's like, well I'm not racist I have a color TV <laughs> 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 something like that honestly bro uh, and that's why I had to stop I can't do it anymore online man I did it for months like waking up looking through comments trying to find one that I didn't like and then and respond that, to that's it. the thing too you know with social mean? media like it gives a voice to those who don't need one. Don't need one. Or if you saw me, if you saw me face to face, you wouldn't have the audacity to say nope. any of that to me as a man. Just What's that? Ben Staples bar. Which one? That, uh, about the, uh, they like to say nigga. nigga uh, that wonder if they know that I. They won't go where I kick it at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying that, yeah. That's why I stopped, man. I can't even do it. I used to change my profile picture and everything. <laughs> put my shit on private so niggas can't talk to me. Like, yeah. I just go off on them, man. I can't do that shit no more. I can't. It's bad for the spirit. Yeah, it's bad for, it's the, bad spirit. for the spirit. Think about this, you right? with a whole different energy that all, day. All that was, imagine all that happening without the internet. Because that's literally um, what my youth was like. All that without the internet. For real. I think even when I got into the Marine Corps, I was thinking like, okay, we're all inclusive. Drum structure would be like, yeah, we don't see white, black, Asian. Everybody's green, right? That's just how it is. Yeah. Everybody green, right? Mm-hmm. So then, man, I got out to the fleet, and I had, I had this one roommate. He was from like South Texas or something. Just, just I mean, and I try to stick, stay away from stereotypes, mm-hmm. but this dude hit every stereotype I could imagine for some for some redneck Texan. Had the WWF belt buckle, the oh, ten that. gallon hat, got these mm-hmm. damn hats all over the, the room. Boots and all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, he used to try to play like he wasn't, like he tried to throw some snide stuff in there. And I'd be like, "So you wrestling today? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Bring the championship belt out, <laughs> hey. right?" So he wasn't no more. He was maybe about five, 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 right? So you know, I stand about six three. Mm-hmm. So at any moment is just like I just step on you and right, keep going. Right. And then, like, so I got him one day. Like, he, he said something. No, he's 
Nah, he, he was like, he said the N word. He was like, nigga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if he just said it in his sleep or he slipped up. I don't know if he was listening to something and right. repeating a, um, you know, a Cash Money record. <laughs> or whatever. I just kind of looked at him and I was like, he was like, well, you know, you said it's kind of cool. And I'm like, one thing, mm. you ain't never heard me walk around this barrack saying that. But okay. So I got him one day. So his sister calls the room. So I was just talking to his sister. I'm on the phone with her. Like, hey, oh. right? So he come in. And I'm like, yeah, your sister about to, uh, so keep this in mind, not to date, not to date myself. So we still had, like, you had to do everything through AOL. So mm-hmm. you had the AOL mm-hmm. messenger, That's right? Yeah, slow ass. Yeah, yeah slow ass. Make sure nobody on the phone type shit. Right. So I was like, I was like, send me a pic. So I'm sitting at the computer, got the screen wide open. Pic pop up. He's like, who's that? Mm. I was like, oh, that's your sister. I was like, I'm about to send her, go ahead and send her this black oh, man. <laughs> no. man, ever since that day, bro. He ain't, he ain't trying to fight you with that? No, he started crying. Oh, Because yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, that's a sneak. I'm sneaking you. <laughs> <laughs> you on the computer going yeah. to sleep on the keyboard. Yeah. I said, yo, you out. <laughs> like said, what? The, the thing was, I don't know, mom. Close your ears. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing was, and this is, and I'm gonna put the disclaimer out there. So this is before I got with my wife. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah we understand. Yep, right. Yep. Right. Hang on. Make sure it's safe. This shit causes riots. <laughs> right, right. So I'm gonna lie. All I was doing my first few years in Marine Corps was fucking bitches all day. Like that was wow. that was my thing. I had them coming in and man, it was like the Waffle House 24-7. <laughs> yeah. Had them coming in. When I wasn't on deployment, had them coming in. Mm-hmm. And this is before Uber, so it was like you gotta find your way home, you better call the cab or something. <laughs> like you, yep. you got to go. Um and then so like he knew this. So he knew once I started down this road, you know, because his sister, it. he was like, Yeah, my sister and my mom's coming. I'm like, oh, threesome. Because the thing was, it's like, like I couldn't really clap back at him mm-hmm. because so how the barracks room is, it's like so it's like a shared bathroom, so you can hear. Mm-hmm. The, so in the next room over was my platoon sergeant. So mm-hmm. it was like, and they didn't really tolerate that. Like you, you could actually get yeah. in trouble for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I gotta find a way to like. Get back, cut back at him and roast without even that mental warfare. Yeah, right, right. so I was just messing with him, like to the point where he just he cried so bad. He went to the first arm, was like, "I need to move rooms." Ugh. And then so I'm in there, like the first arm's like, "What you do to him?" I was like, "I didn't even touch him. I didn't even do nothing." I didn't even to touch him. So the first arm was like, "All right, this is what I'm gonna do." He was like, I know you're only a Lance Corporal. He was like, we normally don't give Lance Corporals their own room, but I'll let you have your own room, but you got to promise me not to, don't mess with his sister. Don't mess with his mom when, she, when they get here. So I'm like, all right, I ain't going to mess with him. I was like, I ain't going to mess with him. But I was like, but if she come rolling up to me, I was like, you might want to let her know that he in a different room. And I got my own room now. Yeah, I got my own room. But you can stay there you I'm going to stay right now. If she come into the Legion of Doom, it's over. <laughs> it's right. So, yeah, so uh, that's kind of like my first real experience with it. You know, the funny thing was, is this dude, I'm thinking if we were ever getting into some shit, like, I'm thinking that he would probably never ever really have my back. He let me down about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not even why, though. I'm pretty savage with it, so if I'm going to die, you die, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we all dying out here. <laughs> Everybody going. Everybody going. Wow. Like, I will find hey, you. We all cousin. going. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. If I get hit, man, y'all better clear away, man. This is going down. Uh-huh. Oh, man. That's what's up, though, man. That's a, that's a crazy story, bro. How does he just cry, though? How's a fight not happen? Does he know he, he can't know, win? He knows, I was about to say, he, yeah, if he, he ain't had no hands, yeah. you can, you can nah, sneak somebody. So there's just a funny thing, So we all go through all the training and stuff. He was probably one of the few people that didn't go to the gym after afternoon. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he can pass his PT test and all that stuff. And, yeah, he physically fit. But when it comes down to throwing hands, like, really throwing hands? Soft. Yeah, <laughs> so, he, yeah he, he, didn't, he didn't have it. He didn't have it. Dang. He did not have it. Mm-hmm. Um Especially considering the fact we always go out to the bar and like every time a fight broke out, he was never really there. Like he played right. his role. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how he played his role. Throwing a chair and then going to get the right. <laughs> 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 Yeah, 
Like, hey, you need people like that. <laughs> no, no, right. For, we used to, y'all remember the um, Tear the Club Up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time they play that. As a and DJ, I'm, you never play that responsibly in a bar or any club setting at all that ever. you're playing on working at ever. night is 1.30, last call. And that's the club up. Yeah, they started playing it. Next thing you know, it was like, I remember days just sitting there, like, holding my beer, and then, like, a bottle come across the thing. Oh, it's coming the through the table. Oh. I'm sitting there, like, mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm, wow. I ain't even trying to get into no fight. Not tonight. I just, right, right. just want to go home. I didn't see it get so bad, like, dudes fighting over girls out there. Like, I don't, we went to, so Jacksonville is a very small town, right? So mm-hmm. going to Walmart is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right, that's how small it's right. right. So we were at the Hardee's because that's the only thing that's still open at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the dude get backed over by Ford Explorer over a chick, and then they got the fighting and went in and you know the little hard plastic chairs and like mm-hmm. Hardee's yeah. sit in. Yeah, they was coming out and throwing them through the glass. Man, where was <laughs> see these are the type of stories was I wish there was social media <laughs> around. Like, you know what I mean? To see that type of Some shit. Wild, wild stuff happening, and then all of a sudden it's like I'm trying to think. I don't know, I was so lit. I remember the fight. I remember taking the car over the curb, trying to get out of there, because I didn't want to be there with the body. (laughs) (laughs) It could have been a body. All I know is, Gunny comes up to the barracks. It's like like Saturday morning. And he's like, just going through the rooms. Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what happened? We get a call from the PMO. Because at the base, so like, the military police and the civilian police work together. So the military police can arrest you out in town, mm-hmm. just like the civilian police can come on base and arrest you. So mm-hmm. they have that agreement. And they're like, we're trying to figure out, like, what the hell happened? He's like, I want all the swinging dicks in the middle of the thing, and y'all don't tell me what happened. All I know is I woke up. I had a McDonald's sign in my room. I don't know how I got the damn drive <laughs> I had a drive through sign in my room. So apparently I must have... So I'm sitting there trying to hide this damn thing because there's no back door, so you only can go out the front oh, door. Man. And we were on the third floor, so it wasn't no place for me to hide it. I'm just sitting there like I'm trying to hide it under the rack and everything. And, and like so we're standing in formation. Gunny's like, yeah, for some reason there's some Hardy's chairs missing. Um, somebody <laughs> ended up in the hospital. We're missing some drive-through signs out in town, and I'm just like, mm. and you got what it is. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, Damn. I was like, I'm about to get in trouble. Yeah. So I just went and got some um, some other cardboard with some stripper pictures on it, and was like, um, I think I called it uh, McHose. <laughs> and I hung it up on the wall. So yeah, so he come in, Gunny looking like. What the hell is this? I was like, let's go buy some hoes. They three for five. We're going to cut you off there on that story because you about to, <laughs> you about to set a Soil up podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Fans for real. <laughs> <laughs>